0: Good morning, and welcome to AM Voices, brought to you by Mosaic Group and Ask Applications. Once a month, we will bring you diversity, equity, and inclusion driven transformational stories from Mosaic Group and Ask Application employees. Our guests will share with you the real and sometimes uncomfortable challenges they face and how they've overcome them. These stories illustrate the reasons why employees value working for Mosaic Group and Ask Applications. My name is Elsie Dama, Director of Talent Acquisition and a DEI Ambassador. Please help me welcome our next guest. Episode three is titled, I'm an Open Ally. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Olivia Petsy, Customer Support Representative at Daily Burn. Good morning, Olivia. Good morning. How are you? I am doing very well. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing the same same.
0: Perfect. Perfect. So before we get started, there's a little game that we play where we ask employees three things that come to mind when they hear your name. So I've picked three of the most interesting to share with you. Okay. So do you want me to start with the good or the bad first?
1: <laughs> either, either one. Either one. <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding. Honestly, everyone had nothing but stellar things to say about you. So here they are. One, an excellent communicator, a natural advocate and campaigner for others, always encouraging others to live their full potential and very creative and caring. Oh. Second. <laughs> I know, it's so sweet, right? <laughs> uh, there's more. I, I, there's more. You get three. <laughs> Second a certified doula part of a world-class improv team at UCB and can sing beautifully. (laughs) So you know what that means, Olivia, I'm going to ask you to sing something real quick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is so, I wasn't ready for that. I needed to.
0: (laughs) Well, after you dab the tears. Let's hear
1: it. Oh my gosh. I mean, let me think. I've only had coffee this morning. I mean, hmm. so usually I improvise and I'm a, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but it is true. Normally what I do on stage at UCB is freestyle rapping. Um, Wow. (laughs) Yes. I kind of specialize in um, improvised musical, like hip hop, but I'm not going to do that um, because often it's like not appropriate for work Um, I do okay listen I feel like this song is appropriate right now what the world needs now is love sweet love it's the only thing that there's just too little love and I would expand upon that to say like what the world needs now is allyship and amplification (laughs) (laughs) right now because that there's not enough of that that would be my edit no offense to whoever wrote the original lyrics but
0: (laughs) there isn't enough (laughs) (laughs) but olivia honestly you have the voice of an angel so thank you for sharing that with us (laughs) i I know i caught you off guard
1: no it's okay i you know what it's it's good for me to um still make sure i still got it because i haven't been singing for months
0: (laughs) that's the beauty of improv (laughs) awesome and then last but not least extremely empathetic and approachable. I remember when she first joined Daily Burn, she was quick to befriend many of her co-workers. So you are super social.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. I used to get in trouble in school for being too social, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it works for us. <laughs> yeah, great, great. Awesome. All right. So let's jump into these questions. So you call yourself an open ally. What does that term mean to you?
1: You know, in a nutshell, to me, it means that I'm someone who I try as hard as I can to be really open about my allyship, um, meaning I want it to be known that I'm committed to using my privilege to amplify others, even if it makes me uncomfortable or scared. You know, I'm committed to taking on you know, struggles and needs of other communities as my own without centering, without making it about me. Um, And, you know, the way that that translates directly to my work at Daily Burn is that I feel really committed to hearing the concerns and the needs of our users and then raising them to our team for consideration and review. Um, I feel really strongly about making our product as accessible and inclusive and diverse as possible. And then, of course, the caveat to all of this is that being an open ally also means that you're really open um, to failing in your allyship, to Mm -hmm. You know, to making mistakes. Um, of course, it's, it's, I'm not perfect at this. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made choices that now, you know, reflecting upon them, I would change. Um, but I have really, really tried to make a commitment to being committed to all of that, um, to the mistakes and everything. Um, but, you know, just to amplifying, making it known at work that if someone had a question about something, that I would or wanted to bring up something related to this, you know, that I'm totally down for those conversations all the time.
0: Awesome. And then what actions do you take to carry out your open allyship at work?
1: Yeah, so I try really hard to think about our work at Daily Burn, you know, from a lens of allyship, Um, because, you know, in addition to working on customer support, I do a lot of our copywriting, um, for social media, for a lot of our email marketing and for a lot of the copy that's on our site. So I really, really try to look at this from a lens of, is this inclusive? Is this, um, you know, are people visible in our marketing? Like do, for example, for sharing photos are, um, is the, are the people in the photo diverse? And that doesn't just mean, you know, um, are they racially diverse? It's age, it's, you know, it's appearance, it's um, uh, ability. You know, are we being inclusive in that way? You know, how's our language? Uh, I try really, really hard in the copy that I write to use inclusive language, um, which can seem challenging at first, I think if you're new to writing in that way, but once you get into the hang of it, like everything, then that just becomes second nature. You know, I really try to share user or non-user feedback, which I think is really equally valuable, especially from a business impact standpoint. If someone who is not a user of our product is taking the time to share feedback. That's incredibly valuable, um, especially if it is constructive feedback. So I try really hard to share that with the appropriate people. Honestly, even if I'm uncomfortable sharing it, even if it's been shared many times, I'm like, hello, ding, 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 here I am again, you know, sharing that. So, you know, sort of directly related to my tasks at work, that's what I really try to do. I also try And of course, don't always succeed, but I try really hard to practice, you know, amplifying others and making sure that, you know, in a meeting setting, for example, or even just via Slack, making sure to say, well, Asha taught me X, Y, Z. So now, you know, I'm able to say X, Y, Z, you know, giving ownership and credit to those who have taught me things or mentored. And I feel like that sounds like a lot of things to be aware of all the time and, Honestly, it is, and it can be, and so that's, of course, sometimes I will certainly make mistakes, but that's honestly what the role of an ally is. It's, ta- it's taking on these struggles as your own, and the only thing really that it ever costs me is time and maybe my comfort, and those are things that I can certainly spare.
0: Fantastic. And I'm glad you mentioned that as far as diversity goes, that you think about other things because most often people just think of diversity as just black and white, but no, there are other groups that are just completely, (laughs) um, left out like age and gender sometimes. So I think that that's awesome that you really do your best to incorporate that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, everyone's always super receptive to hearing this, um, And of course, I, you know, I feel like I'm going to be a broken record saying this. I'm not perfect at this, of course, but I keep saying that because I want, if you're listening and you're thinking, I'd like to move more into a really, a role where I'm really an open ally. I just feel like it's so important to say over and over again, like you will make mistakes. And just as you have to get really comfortable in your allyship and your amplification and you know, your support, you also have to get really comfortable with making mistakes and being open to hear the
0: feedback about that. Perfect. And then in one of the lovely compliments that someone gave to you, you know, they mentioned that you're a certified doula. So for those of us who may not be familiar with the term, can you just tell us what a doula does real quickly?
1: Yes, so a doula is someone who attends birth or works with people prenatally or postpartum to provide educational support, information support, and then physical and emotional support. So it's a non medical role, although some doulas do have medical training. Uh, and you, I, I, so I attend childbirth, I've been to many births of, of ch- uh, new babies. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen a lot of babies be born. Uh, And so, and I work with families prenatally and postpartum. And it's a role that you're really just working to support the entire family unit. um, And, you know, feeling like they can have an empowered birth or an empowered postpartum period.
0: I absolutely applaud you. I was part of one birth. I went to my sister's birth against my will. I got trapped in the room. (laughs) She needed the moral support and I am officially traumatized. So (laughs) kudos to you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. And, and you know, honestly, I've seen, I've been in, you know, traumatic birth situations as well. Um, So I totally he- hear that. Not every birth is like, you know, in a field of, you know, flowers with rose petals falling. Because, you know, I think a lot of people then think, oh, a doula is for home birth or for an unmedicated birth only. And that's not the case at all. I've attended births in hospitals. That was, you know, cesarean births. Um, It's not just for a sort of, you know, woo woo giving, you know, birth in a tub with a baby deer, you know, looking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's for everyone. Awesome. So what inspired you to become a doula?
1: I've always been really interested in reproductive health, reproductive rights, and birth in general. My mom is a nurse, and you know, was always extremely open about things like that. And she was definitely a person that I felt really comfortable going to with questions or needs, and my friends did, even to you know even to this day, we're all adults, and I still have friends that will reach out to her. So my mom really inspired me, and she was always really open about birth and things like that. So because I don't like to do anything only part way, eight years ago, I was like, I'm going back to school and I'm I'm going to become a nurse midwife, which would have been like, you know, five years of grad school or something. And my husband was like, I mean, cool. I support that. He's like, but before you commit to, you know, going to grad school, he's like maybe do you want to just experiment with be, like by being a doula because maybe you'll go to a birth and you find out you don't even like it. <laughs> So I was like, oh, yes, yes. I, I sometimes need to be reined in because I just always want to do the most <laughs> extreme version of anything. So I, I l- learned about what being a doula was, and I realized that that seemed really in line with what I wanted to do. And I trained and certified um, with an organization that I felt like really spoke to me about their, they were founded on some sort of social justice principles and mm-hmm. you know, um, racial equality. So I trained and certified with them. And here I am. That was that was four years ago
0: that I did um, the year-long certification. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you. So, talk to me a little bit more about your work as a doula through the lens of systemic inequality. Oh my gosh,
1: we don't have enough time to get to, to <laughs> really to really dig into this, but you know, so these were all things I didn't know this before I, I became a doula, which I think also. It's interesting to consider that I didn't know this as someone who was really just interested in reproductive health and rights, but I don't have the exact statistic on hand, but, you know, and I apologize for saying this because it's a a harmful thing to say, but the reality is that in the United States, um, Black women, the statistics uh, about them in birth are truly appalling. It's just they are many, many times more likely to die in childbirth or immediately after than white women. Um, mm-hmm. It's the year 2020. And, we're ta- and when I say that, like the, re- the things that would cause their um, maternal mortality are things that are truly like some 1700s style crap. Uh, and that's what's perpetuated in the birth system in the United States today. Wow. And, and that is, can be certainly expanded to um, Black, Indigenous, um, all people of color, you know, trans birthing people, um, really anyone beyond a white cisgendered woman. So that was extremely eye-opening to me to learn. And, you know, then that has really influenced how I work as a doula, and in what you know, organizations I want to give my money to, as I train um, into how I know that if my client is a white woman or is a, perhaps a, a person of color who um, their gender identity isn't woman or female, I have to prepare for their birth in a very different way, um, mm-hmm. which has just been you know supremely educational, but also deeply troubling. It's very troubling um, that that's the case here in the United States in the year 2020, 2020.
0: Wow, that's incredible. It really <laughs> is. And, you know, it's kind of refreshing to have people like you in the world because as a Black woman, I don't have any children yet, but I do hope to have them <laughs> one day. And it's kind of terrifying to just know that, my chances (laughs) are, you know, um,
1: I hate, I, that's why I want, you know, wanted to apologize before saying that because I I don't want to just be casually tossing out a statistic about this, you know, to a person who's directly impacted by that. I I mean, it's just, it's something like really heavy that I think people don't really want to talk about because it's so, it's truly so appalling. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think we, we like, especially as white people, hello, white people, we have got to work to like dismantle this and to come to terms with this because who wants, nobody wants to think about this. Of course we don't, but if we're not thinking about it, then it just perpetuates this entire really, really harmful um, world that we're living in.
0: Exactly, and it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. It's definitely something that needs to be spoken about. So I'm glad you're talking about it, and it it honestly gives women of color like myself hope that white women like yourself actually care enough to bring this to attention.
1: <laughs> of course, yes, yes, absolutely. And you know, and I want to be really clear. I I have not always. Um, you know, for example, within New York City, especially, there are lots of organizations that are really, really, really dedicated to um, sort of dismantling white supremacy within the birth world. And I would be happy to share those resources with, uh, with anyone. Um, you know, something that I really try to do is that if, if I get an inquiry for a birth or a postpartum, for example, because this I think can directly translate into our workplace as well. If someone reaches out to me to be their doula or postpartum doula, or that they just need resources, if I'm not available, I really try to make a concerted effort that then the people that I refer them to, I really try to not refer them to other um, white cisgender doulas uh, and to try to give other people um, the work The the potential work. uh, And that's just part of really being committed to like amplifying other people. And it's so that it's not like, okay, well, here I am just a white woman doula. When someone reaches out to me, and I can't work with them, that then I just send them a list of other white women doulas, then what I'm doing consciously or not is then maintaining that a sort of like white supremacy mindset in, in that work. And I think that can directly translate to us at work when we're thinking about who can be involved in a project, who can we bring on to do this, who can take this stretch assignment, et cetera. We can really think, hold on, who am I, who am I, um, you know, sending to work on these things. And we can really think about, are we being, putting our money literally where where our mouth is here.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, and are we amplifying other people or or are we acting as a gatekeeper and the only people that we let through the gate are the people that are like us or that we think, you know, due to our implicit bias that we think are the right people. We just we have it, it takes a lot of slowing down and really thinking, but it's so doable and the business impact is huge. We don't need any more studies telling us that <laughs> How many more studies do we need that doing really, really solid and important DEI initiatives and things like that at work have positive
0: business impact? We, It's true. We know it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is your advice for others who aspire to become open allies in the workforce and beyond? You
1: know, I think that at the start, a lot of the things that we can do, they feel really like almost too basic and sort of on a kindergarten level. Um, Because I think that, you know, I said earlier about how we can talk about amplifying other people and how what that means is saying their name. So let's say we're in a meeting together. I, I might, and you share something. Then as an ally, I might say, wow, Elsie, that is a great idea. I totally agree. So just like Elsie said, I really think that we need to do X, Y, and Z. And so I just said your name like three times in that sentence. And I think it can feel sort of robotic or like almost <laughs> it, it, and it can feel a little funny to do that, but we've all become really accustomed to communicating in certain ways and we can be, we can get really, really confident communicating in this new way. So I really encourage people, and I'm speaking to myself as well when I say all of this, to really remember to amplify people and say their names, to be a champion of other people, to say, so and so I know feels really strongly about this outside of work. Let's get their opinion on this project. Um, really, we can, if you want to be an open ally at work, you can read on impact versus intent. That's something that really really we need to like dive into because sometimes our impact um does not match our intention and the impact is what's most important um Mm -hmm. we can put our pronouns in our email signature i will be honest i resisted doing that for a really long time i cannot explain i can't say why i don't know why and then one day i just put them in and then guess what i literally never thought about it ever again it was it's, (laughs) it's done but the people for whom that is important they see that Um, And we can just think about, you know, DEI from everything that we do. Like if we're creating a new app, if you have to put a gender when you sign up, are we putting a binary or are we including a wider range of gender identities? We can just think about these things from day one because everything that we do can be done from this lens and from
0: this viewpoint. Awesome. And I think you may have touched on this a little bit, but what are some practical ways that our company as a whole can use our privilege to amplify others?
1: You know, I think that this interview is a really good example um, of how we can use our privilege to amplify others because I think that we can always remember and be looking that, you know, people that are more um, junior still have really valuable insight to to provide. So Mm -hmm. we can be thinking, like, who's in our meetings, who is on panels. You know, people have whole robust lives outside of work. So we can be working to get to know our colleagues on a deeper level so that we know, oh, so-and-so would, would surely have incredible insight about this, even if it's not something that they're directly doing at work. You know, if we're having events or panels, um, we can really ask ourselves, who is on this panel? Um, we can ask ourselves, coming back to this gatekeeper thing, are we acting as a gatekeeper? Mm-hmm. Or are we opening the gate and that doesn't lower a bar at all. That's not, that's not true. And I'm not just saying that, you know, studies would back that up, opening the gate that doesn't lower a bar. It just removes these biases that we have and it widens. It makes it more open. We would get incredible, very qualified people. Um, and we can also, you know, think about language that we're using in, we can work to use gender neutral language, um, Lots of things we don't have, I could talk about this forever and ever because (laughs) I, I feel so strongly about this because I just feel, not only do I feel strongly about it, you know, from a social standpoint, but I, I just like, I really, really believe that from a business impact standpoint, that working on all of these things would, it just would benefit the company, you know, forever and ever. Like the return on investment here is so high, so high.
0: Awesome. And your passion really shows, Olivia. Thank you <laughs> so much. It's been a true pleasure speaking oh, with you, you today. Thank <laughs> you. thank
1: you. I really, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about all of this. And if you are listening to this um, and you want to talk about this more or want any resources that I just said, please Slack me and I'll send them because I'm not the keeper of all of the wisdom I've really learned from like many, many other people and initiatives. And um, I want to give them the credit for everything I've learned from them.
0: Fantastic. Well, there it is. You can just reach out to (laughs) Olivia at any time and she is willing to be that open ally. (laughs) Yeah, for
1: sure.